This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, Lon? It's going all right. <laughs> we about to find out. <laughs> hey, so I thought we can start with Ellie and Victor because I think... Ellie is having a two days years old moment. <laughs> and two, she, two days years old. Well, yeah, I think she is having that moment where she's starting to only realize that she's not able to live in Providencia. Yeah, here's my thing, right? It shouldn't even be a debate. But what I had to do was put myself in Victor's shoes. Mm. I wouldn't want to lose everything either. And his plan, right, was... To work on it three days of the week but even that's not doable like because you're thinking then three days a week on the house and then four days to rest but i'm like somebody's got to work because no one's making money unless we're trying to live off whatever savings the two of you have right so for me it's mostly ellie i guess (laughs) mostly ellie right so it still to me comes back to i don't even know even if you got the house repaired there's nothing around you So to me, it's almost like, why are we debating this, right? The priority shouldn't be saving the house. The priority should be saving the the relationship. And as long as you two are together, that's what the main thing should be. I get that you want to live together, you know, in paradise and stuff like that. But I think prioritize that prioritize being together first, and kind of being together at any cost not necessarily saving the house at any cost because that might even drive you two apart, right? If she doesn't really want to live there. So I understand that he wants to save the house, but I think the priority for them to should be, how are we going to stay together through this? My two cents. That's solid. I feel like I get why Victor wants to work on the home because it's all that he has. It's his home. So he feels like, well, if I could build the house, I could rebuild it again. So I get why he wants to salvage things. But I think you make a great point, Lon. I mean, even if they're able to build their part of the island, right? Their house. What else can they look forward to? Because Mm -hmm. everyone else has to do the same in order for things to be a livable society, Right. right? A livable environment. So I don't know if he's thinking through this. I think we talked about this last week too. I think they should be either in San Andreas or in mainland Colombia or going back to the US. Maybe she can start the process. But of course, there wouldn't be a show if right. they had just taken the common sense route. Right. So, 
yeah, and there they are. It sounds like when she was doing the one-on-one interview, she gave something away. I'm not sure if you or the listeners caught this, but she was telling the cameras, if it wasn't for the hurricane, I would be still living in Providencia right now. So this tells me that at the end of this series, she's not in Providencia mm. with him. Either she's back in the US, which seems likely, or she's either in mainland Colombia or in San Andreas. But it just sounds like... Her mind was made up already. Yeah, yeah she's not there. That's not where not, she is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Her mind was made up. In a way, it's backpedaling too because she was really looking forward to paradise living but it's no longer a paradise you know it has to be rebuilt so you gotta sit this one out ellie like take yeah. the l <laughs> yeah what did you think about the conversation with uh, her friend was it Hiromi? Hiromi, right? yeah i did she t- still talk about victor cheating like i feel like Hiromi was quick to remind her uh, yeah did cheat on you do you really that was pretty much up? it yeah that was yeah. pretty much Hiromi is now that the whole, okay, you've accepted the reality of, of what happened, or you don't no longer have the rose colored glasses on, Hiromi is kind of grounding her back into reality and saying, hey, by the way, there's still the elephant in the room. How are you going to deal with that? Right. So yeah, there's that now, right? Which is maybe going to complicate things. We'll see. Yeah. Or it could take a backseat because... Victor probably doesn't want to confront that for now because he's so focused on rebuilding his life in Providencia. And it's also a way for him to sweep this under the rug, right? Or to sidestep it. I was going to say that. That's that's convenient, convenience, right? To say, oh, I'm not thinking about that. Why would you bring that up at a time like now? Well, it's pretty important for the relationship. (laughs) Exactly. Do we even want to talk about Jenny and Sumit? I had to struggle to find something, right? I honestly didn't have anything, but I I watched it again just to see what I could take away from it. And for me, my takeaway was I disagree. And then I kind of feel bad for Sumit now after, I don't know how much of it's fabricated, right? I I think the whole parent thing is going to go overboard in the next following episodes and stuff. I'm like, this is all filler stuff to draw up the conflict between Jenny and the parents. But what he said about his mom and how he was raised having to just put up a front and how his dad taught him to put up a front just to make the mom happy, right? And for me, that became my main takeaway from that conversation was this idea, right? And, I, and it makes me cringe when I hear people say it. And a lot of truth is said in jest when, when people say, oh, oh, happy wife, happy life. Ha ha ha. Like, I get what they're trying to say. If you keep your wife happy, then like, you don't have to worry about a lot of things. But I don't want to normalize that. I think it infers that the relationship is one sided, and that you have to constantly please one person in order for you to be happy in order for both of you to be happy in a relationship. I don't really like that. And I think that's the whole tie in with the dad. Now his son is being brought into this whole mess because it's all stems from making his mom happy all the time and that's it so like that was my thing i don't like this idea that any one person 
is going to be either the matriarch or the patriarch of the family. It takes two. It's fucking 2021, right? (laughs) We all should have equal say in the relationship. But I felt for him when he said that because I understand that. I understand a dad who's constantly trying to please his wife and then now telling his kid, hey, just shut up and just make her happy. Just make her happy so that the rest of us can move on and be happy too. And um, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, I'm with you there. It does seem like the mom is a matriarch and everyone kowtows to her and it's almost like she rules with an iron fist in the family. (laughs) Like whatever she says goes. And the dad's like, yeah, you know, just listen to your mom. He's one of those dads, right? That's like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, happy wife, happy life. Let's not stir the pot. Let's not cause any trouble or make your mom upset. So I don't know if that's a good enough reason for Sumit to say, oh, this is why I lie or suffer. And I don't know if maybe it is his truth. Maybe that's how he turns out. He'd rather lie than face an inconvenient truth or be nagged by his mom. Mm. I just, I'm just not convinced there. I wonder if that was the producer setting him up with the script. But yeah. I can also see that the mom is truly a matriarch. Like we all saw in the last episode, she got up and left and everyone's oh, like, oh, conversation's yeah. over. Like mom's not here anymore. You got to get with the program. Sorry, Sumit. Jenny's not cool with us. Yeah. So again, like I know it's 2021 long, but at the same time, the mom and the dad, they don't belong in today's generation. You know, they're old school boomers, I guess you can call them. But that's how they raised him and that's how they turned out. That's how he turned out. So, yeah, I feel bad for him in a way. But at the same time, I still don't see the reason why he lies and why he had to catfish Jenny. Right. If anything, right, happy wife, happy life. Why don't you go ahead and marry her then? Right. <laughs> if that's what you learned from your dad. Take the cue from your dad. <laughs> and yeah. Then Joe, just go ahead and make her happy, dude. Yeah, and marry, exactly. Marry Jenny. <laughs> yeah. But we also found out in this episode that Sumit did have a sister who passed away Mm, during her infancy, I guess. And that was really tragic. And he used that as an example as to why his mom craved for a daughter or craved for a female companion in the family. And I guess Jenny is not it. (laughs) Because I, I also think when I stepped back and I was watching this scene between him and Jenny, I'm like... Damn, Sumit's mom is younger than Jenny. Like, that's just so awkward. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So I think the mom is spooked out, if anything. Like, why am I with this older chick and I have to teach her how to cook? You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking about the Like, in the preview, we saw that the mom was criticizing her for like being too old to like learn how to cook or something but i guess to be fair right she's referring to indian cuisine like cooking the the bread the naan and everything of course i didn't expect jenny to know that but anyway (laughs) i thought we can talk about armando and kenny the only decent couple (laughs) on this series that's not trashy at all yeah, more wholesome content, right? right. Um, taking Hannah dress shopping and using it as a moment for the women to bond. And uh, I think that was... that was Wholesome, good, man. Wholesome content. <laughs> That's right? not trashy. <laughs> heartwarming goodbyes is the note I wrote. Right. So I think that was 
That was the right move. Of course, Kenny is going to say, oh, I'm still scared. The rug's going to get pulled under us. I think, though, there's a lot here to be optimistic about, a lot to be positive about. And I think the father gifting Cassie, yeah, yeah Cassidy, Kenny's daughter, <laughs> the necklace with the pendant and stuff. That's so sweet. It was very sweet. And I think it's a roundabout way of accepting them yes. as a family. Unit. Yes. Yeah. Tell me you accept me without telling me you accept me. You accept me. me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We love you. And that was their roundabout way of saying that. So it, again, it's it's a lot. It's a big step for talking in baby steps. That was actually a pretty big one. A bit, oh, yeah. Big, yeah. Yeah. Two things I want to mention with regards to Armando and Kenny. One is I like how Cassie is self-aware about how she should temper with her expectation because mm. she grew up with a gay dad is normal for her whereas Armando's family had to see his growth or his transition right because he was once you know a heterosexual male with a wife and now he's uh, or part he was of perceived a, as right well because in their eyes right he was once married right, right he was once a cisgender male married to a woman and now he's obviously with a man so it takes a while for the family to accept the change or to embrace this transition or this new status of relationship with Kenny and I like how Cassie is self-aware and she's like well you know it's normal for me because I grew up with a dad who's also my mom but then Armando's sisters, I'm sorry, but I forgot her name. She said, you also have to understand that we grow up seeing Armando being married to a woman and now mm -hmm. he's, you know, now he's with a man. So it's a shock to us. So you got to give us time. And I kind of like that part where they bonded and they appreciated how they like each other's company and how Cassie was assuring the mom and the sister that her dad will love Hannah like no other. And I thought that was so heartwarming. And then, oh, the other thing I want to mention is, I don't think I've said this before, Lon, but keep me honest here. I just want to give a shout out to TLC for giving Kenny and Armando a decent storyline. Yeah. <laughs> because this is probably the most non-trashy storyline on the show that I think seems more legit than the rest of the cast members. The struggle is real. The struggle you know, is real. I think real. people can identify with this being something authentic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not over dramatic. Like I know there's a lot of crying. I mean, I obviously cry when I watch the scenes, but it feels more genuine. It feels less scripted, right? Right, right. To be real here, like it feels less scripted. Right. But do you think Bini is really traumatized by <laughs> Ariella leaving? Sorry. I, I just want to like segue into scripted versus non-scripted because Beanie does seem like he's super traumatized by her wanting to leave. And I mean, you can't make that up, right? If the baby has yeah. hernia, like, I mean, that's not scripted. I mean, TLC cannot possibly wave you wouldn't a wand. go that far. Right. right? You wouldn't. How dare you that. if you went that far? Right. <laughs> it's a scary thing. And I think we all have to remember his child was taken away from him. Right. So his first child. Yeah. His first child was taken away from him. And for this to happen again, that's terrible. 
that's terrible, terrible. And it doesn't matter how many promises you make somebody. They had to go through that one time. And once is one time too many to have your child taken away. Yeah. So the potential of this happening again, he has every right to be afraid. And not just that, but you know, he, he mentions that, well, she did this behind my back without discussion. And I understand too why there was no discussion. There's just so many reasons, right? The healthcare thing with the insurance, the fact that he would probably said no, and it would have been a hard no <laughs> is, is another reason to just kind of go, well, let's just kind of sneak this in because there's not going to be a discussion about it either. Yeah. Way. But yeah, I feel for him. I feel for him. I understand why it had to be done, but I also feel for him that he's potentially going to lose his child again. And even though she promises that it won't happen and she brought her mom into it, there's no amount of reassurance that's ever going to kind of quell that feeling or give him that sense of security that it won't happen again. There's nothing you can tell him. And from the looks of the preview, it wasn't looking too good either. So, yeah, it it sounds like she stayed there for two months. Yeah. And then she said she started saying something on the trailer about you did everything to, I don't know. Yeah. Destroy destroy this family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? What the heck? So it it was almost like a threat that I'm not coming back and you're not going to see your kid is the way I interpreted that trailer for the next episode. So, I, I mean, I feel bad. He got on his knees and he begged, like, don't do this. I thought I just, it was gosh, sneaky so of her to do it in a barber shop. She of set all him up. Pieces. And then she flipped it. Don't do this in public when he got on his knee to beggar. Yeah. Why are you doing this in the middle of the thing? And I'm like, bruh, <laughs> you did this. You started it first. Don't put yeah. this on him. Yeah. You broke the news while he was trying to get a shave and a haircut. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have several questions for you here. If you were in Ari's shoes, would you do the surgery in Ethiopia? Under their conditions? No. And, and but you wouldn't their... trust Ethiopian healthcare. Is it ha- what you're... Yeah. It's not a statement about the healthcare. It's a statement more about the healthcare system and how insurance could pay for this procedure, but neither of them are working. So she brings up some valid points, right? I trust a doctor is a doctor is a doctor. They have to go to med school and they have to do these operations and stuff. It's not that I don't trust the skill level of the medical professionals, but under the circumstances, neither of them are working, right? How are they going to pay for this? So her justification is health insurance in America can pay for this. Right. Like, so for me, that's where I'm looking at. Like, she's got a fucking point there. If I'm not working and my partner is not working, we have the surgery. It's not going to be cheap, but there's a way out of this. It means I do have to fly to America, though, to have insurance pay for it. It's a hard one to argue. That's a very difficult one to argue. And I don't think there's anything he could have said. You know, um, what's he going to say? Like, I'll work more jobs off. Can we get a quote on what this is going to cost us? And then how many nights you're going to have to work? Like, what's the plan here? Because this has to happen, right? And it has to happen quickly, I think. Yeah, I'm actually Googling, does Ethiopia have universal health care? Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, Yeah, coverage index was still very low at 39%. Uh, 
Um, is healthcare in Ethiopia free? Oh, okay. Ethiopia technically has free healthcare for all. What? Okay. Well, damn. <laughs> so, because... Fucking one, Ari, man. <laughs> I know. But I can also hey. see, like, Ari doesn't trust Ethiopia healthcare, yeah. which, again, it's a detriment, too, because yeah. you live there. So, don't tell me anytime you need a surgery, you're fucking flying off to U.S. Mm-hmm. If you're going to live there, you got to trust the system there. You know what right. I mean? Like, don't look down on an African country healthcare system, if anything, is free. Mm-hmm. So my follow-up question is, because you said, Lon, you said that Ari is going to use insurance. How is she insured? Because she's not working in the US. That, I mean, that's not a paycheck? I guess you can say TLC being an TLC American money, company. Right? Yeah. But does TLC even offer benefits like healthcare to their cast member? Because Jeez. I don't think they do. If I did, I'd, I'd have that in the contract, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know if they do because because that's yeah, the way the system know. is. That's the way the system is in America. Is the yeah, employer, if you work, you employer provided insurance, right? It, but I'm these are all assumptions. Yeah, again. these are all assumptions. I don't one hundred percent know everything about health insurance and stuff. I just, I've always had it through my employer. So that's just the assumption I made. So then I actually thought out loud and I was saying like, wait a minute. Well, actually it's not me. I'll take, I take it back. I lied. <laughs> my fiance thought out loud. Well, you get Manny back just, on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Bring Manny back. So Manny said, wait a minute. She's not working in the U.S. Like she doesn't have an employer in U.S. Like you cannot say TLC is an employer. She's probably an independent contractor with TLC mm. or Sharp Entertainment, right? How is she insured? And then I said, well, maybe she's on her parents' insurance. And Manny said, well, she's too old to be on her parents' insurance. And then I was thinking, damn, she's probably on Cobra. Or she's just lying. It's just a <laughs> lie. It, it, it is. She's just yeah. lying. It's a lie that she's telling Benny. Yeah, because, because just to like get out said, of the country, she, she doesn't have any trust in the right in, in, in the medical Man, uh, system there. So she's just going to lie and say whatever she needs to say yeah. to bring the baby to America. She was quick to buy plane tickets too, man. Like she yeah. was like, I bought the plane tickets and now I'm breaking the news to you. Like what? Mm-hmm. There was another question I was going to ask you. And I think I know the answer, but I'm just going to ask anyway. Do you think she used her mom as a mediator? Genuinely a middle person to mediate this? Or do you think she used her mom to calm him down and justify her action to leave? Oh, definitely to have someone on her side. There's strength in numbers. I think Benny is not intimidated by Ari, but definitely intimidated by Ari's parents. Mm. Uh, just the fact that that's because that's mom-in-law he, right and, yeah the, the parents are supporting him mm-hmm. yeah there's that don't even have to say much like you know especially if you're living off of their support when you bring them into the conversation this is what, what do they say uh, I forget the saying but this goes back to when everybody was a kid I'm getting my mom I'm getting my dad we all know that we all know that feeling like oh shit when somebody brings their parents into it, you just kind of shut up, right? Like, yeah. 
So to me, that's what it was. Yeah, like, it's well, like they pay the rent. It's their rules. If you're not gonna right? listen to me, you're gonna you're definitely gonna listen to my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see it now that he's like raise his hands and surrender and like okay, well, whatever Janice is right, and Janice is a nurse, and her dad's a doctor. So who is he gonna argue yeah. with? And I think the mom too did a good job went about it reassuring uh, him yeah it was very nice about yeah. it and was reassuring yeah. and was like we promised you you would always have a place in this baby's life yeah like i think she said all the right things and she didn't come off as an intimidating person like this is gonna fucking happen and you have no say about it like it right. wasn't like that at all right but in terms of ari's intentions oh she totally brought in the mom as muscle Oh, yeah. It was definitely yeah. a power move. Yeah. I still wonder why they haven't started the process of bringing him over. Mm. They should. It wouldn't be the other way. That's true. <laughs> uh, once again, TLC wins. Yeah. <laughs> and I do want to see her. I do, though, because she said this is what she wanted to do. And we're seeing that she doesn't. So she's in over her head. In the beginning, she's all, yeah, like she signed up for the other way because this is what she wanted to live there and to be married and to have a family there, right? Whatever her expectations were. And we're seeing it now that this isn't what you thought it was going to be and be careful what you ask for. Yeah. I almost think that she's setting us up for them to be in the US. It's like, do you see the breadcrumbs here? Which is why I feel sorry for him. She can be there. Her and the baby being there can totally happen. Like, Benny is optional. Mm. And that's what is the scary part. Yeah, yeah. We just have to wait and see what happens. I really hope, and I haven't been checking out their social media because, hey, Instagram was down, right? (laughs) 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 But yeah, I, I hope they're... They're in the U.S. I hope all three of them, you know, as a family unit are in the U.S. I mean, who knows? But I'm like, come on, man, just bring him over. Like he can even reunite with his first child, right? He can even be part of the child's life if the baby mama grants it. But Mm. there's more benefit of him being in the U.S. than in Ethiopia. But I mean, who knows? It's their family. Anyway. Did Did you see how different she looked in the trailer? Yeah. Oh, my God. She had some work done. Completely different. Right? I was like, (laughs) dude, I'm starting to think that TLC money corrupts people, man. Look at what it did to Darcy and Stacey and look at what it's doing to Larissa. It's just so sad when you look at what this fame did to, you know, all these, I don't know, we call them degrade actresses or reality stars. Reality stars. Yeah. Anyway. What about that Steven with a V? Trash. Trash, right? He's trash. All right. We going to get into it? Uh, oh, you can get into oh it. I'll follow suit. Okay, so I don't like him. I think Alina can do so much better. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of those guys that only brings up religion when it's to his benefit. Oh, yeah. All the stuff that he's saying... Okay, I don't even know where to begin. They were in a relationship and he was dating while he was in that relationship. And he's ready to marry her. But he's saying, well, I didn't know where where we stood. Well, you made it pretty clear to Alina where y'all stood because she was fucking faithful. 
So don't be saying this shit about, well, we'd only been talking for two weeks. I didn't know it was now you're stringing someone along. You're playing with her then. I don't like that shit at all. Yeah. Aside from the fact that he slept with somebody else or, or excuse me, not slept with somebody else. He says he made out or that they kissed. Right. But he did confess to having sexual relationship with. Uh, right. Well, he, he confessed that he wasn't a virgin. a virgin and that he had sexual relationships. I don't think he was saying that that happened during the time. They were together. You have, right, yep. Right. Yep. True. True. But like he's still talking to her friend and which is an attractive person, by the way. So Masha, I'm just saying, yep. Masha, right, right. You're not loyal, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? You're a hoe, dude. <laughs> he's a hoe. <laughs> he's a hoe. Y'all, he's a hoe. Yeah. And um, I don't I don't like he's a hoe for show, right? <laughs> I, a hoe for show. And that's not to let me let me take that back. Right. Sex work is work. Y'all, I'm not trying to say. Sex work isn't work. I'm using hoe very lightly and and saying that Stephen is just some guy that's just sleeping around. I'm let that hoe, but I don't like him. And I think you were right when you said a couple of podcasts ago, well, maybe they're not together. To me, this is like the beginning of the end. I'm like, why would she want to fucking stay with you now? Yeah, I mean, like, there's no reason. But if I remember correctly, last night, she started having a change of heart and was like, oh, well, this proves to me that he wants to. I'm like, no, leave. <laughs> Just fucking leave. It almost seems like she's about to be sucked into a toxic relationship because yeah. when the friend confessed, like, yeah, he did reply to me and he even invited me to join him in the US, Ugh. right? To, I guess, Salt Lake or something. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know what to do now. I still love him. I'm like, girl. Girl. <laughs> Run the other way. Run the other way. <laughs> Hashtag the other way. Right. <laughs> but I think the friend too was giving her mixed messaging because she said, well, just get the ring and just almost like be done with it. But I'm like, dude, that shouldn't be your goal. Your right. goal is to make sure that he's monogamous. Right. And he's already not monogamous. He re- It's almost like he's, and again, this is where I can see why every one of us is saying that he's a hypocrite. He's using scriptures. He's saying mm-hmm. like, well, Jesus had a lot of female friends. Like, yeah. But he wasn't banging them though. Or he wasn't yeah. like kissing all of them, yep. was he? You know? Yeah. So I, I don't like how he's trying to justify him being friends with all these females and dating them right he calls it dating them he's dating other people not just being friends but he's dating them and it's almost like he's pretending not to know the concept of being exclusive to her being monogamous i'm like come on man i wanted to circle back because last night's episode reminded me of that term that you brought up what was it uh, again like where he he puts his wife on a pedestal. Oh, and, yeah. And he justifies it that the oh, Madonna complex. Other, Madonna complex. All these yeah. other girls, whatever. They just, they're whatever. I, I can do whatever, but my wife, she's different. And I was like, he, it, no, ma- it made sorry. sense, right? Let's just say that. It, I was like, that's it. And, and I forgot what the term was. And I was like, that's what Nadia was trying to tell me. Yeah. Madonna whore complex. Madonna whore complex. complex. For our listeners new to that term or who might have missed that episode, can we, we explain that? Can we revisit that? Yeah. So like you said, it's where you put your partner on a pedestal and you ensure or, make, or force her to be pure, in this case, to be a virgin, whereas you're free to 
fuck around basically right. to put it very loosely but right. you view other women as not as holy or not as pure as right. your partner so it's almost like he's able to compartmentalize right. the relationship with other females you know some good shit right there I mean, it's it's terrible. I mean, in, in terms of what I'm learning, that's, that's some good shit. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but wow. I, I felt so bad for her. I, yeah. She was crying, right? Or yeah. She, she, looked, was... she definitely looked hurt. I don't know if tears were actually shed. I think her eyes were getting watery. But you could tell she was super, super hurt and super disappointed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you... You dropped everything. You moved to well. You're visiting a new country to figure out if you can get married, and she was ready. The fact that she did that means she's ready. She's willing to take the next step. But he turns around and tells her like, "Oh, I may not be ready. Like, oh, I still have all these people that I would like to date. I'd like to see other women. I like to talk to other women. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Are you gonna be exclusive or not? Like, are you gonna be monogamous or not? Yeah." He's not ready. And for her sake, I hope she does you know, run away, go the other way, because he does not deserve her. She deserves a lot better. Yeah, um, she does. Yeah. Don't trust a guy who goes to a wine tasting and acts like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, bro, I was going to ask you, do Mormons do communion? Do they drink the, you know, drink from the chalice or like? I can't really the- say. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Okay. Because he act like drinking wine is a foreign concept. And I'm like, dude, you, how you call yourself a Christian or a Mormon and you what, you don't drink the blood of Jesus? Like, that's red wine, right? Like, what are you trying to tell me here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't. Is I, it not I, blessed? I is that know. why you're not drinking it? Like, <laughs> I mean, pardon my ignorance, people, but like, I'm just, you know, like calling bullshit on him, you know, because someone on Reddit says this very persistently. Stephen cherry picks rules in his religion to follow but then imposes the Mormon ways on Alina. Yeah. When it's convenient, you know, yep. when it's appropriating the religion on her. Run away, Alina. Run away. Run away. <laughs> Run away and never return. Right. Fly back to Russia. <laughs> All right, Lon. We've come to the end of, I guess this is episode six. Oh my God. Has it been? Has six it been episodes? six already? I think so. Or is it oh. five? I don't know. Who's counting? Anyway, what is your WTF moment? WTF moment for me is that I can't really pinpoint what specific scene, but just the whole Steven and Alina thing. This episode especially like just really rubbed me the wrong way. She has nothing to be happy about. And this episode really showed it, right? First, the conversation with Masha and then him ruining the wine tasting date. And then uh, the conversation after that, too, where, you know, I think she was trying to get answers from him and then he started bringing up the Bible and stuff. I'm like, dude, whatever. So like WTF, Alina, like you can do a lot better. Just leave. And, and I'm hoping she does if what we kind of surmise from the interwebs is an indicator of where the relationship went. Yeah. Then good for her. But we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. I was going to use... Steven's confession or Steven himself as a WTF moment but Mm -hmm. I figured I would go with Ari breaking the news that she's returning to the US to Beanie while he's having a haircut while he's having a haircut yeah (laughs) Yeah. I thought that she was faking when she's like oh this is 
difficult for me. And she did I the know. whole, she I'm was stressed like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. She, it felt like it was genuine tears, but uh, I don't know. Like it felt like she was the one breaking down, even though it was, well, I guess Beanie's the one that's freaking out, but she's also freaking out. It's almost like she's trying to out freak out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, just, to me, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I mean. Emo- emotional was, manipulation, man. Yeah. As if she's trying to take away his moment to be yeah. hurt by it, yeah, by, by victimizing being herself. Right. I'm the victim here, you know. I'm the yeah. one that's hurting about this. This is a very difficult. Situation. It's difficult for me. Yeah. yeah. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's difficult for him. You're about to take away his child again. Yeah. You know, and you're re-traumatizing him right now. So, yeah, that's a good, really great WTF moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know this is also bad, Lon, and I'm going to ask people for forgiveness, but I feel like every time I watch Bini and Ari, there's a drinking game that can Let's be... Let's hear it. I want to play. <laughs> every time Bini says like, mm. drink, because he overuses the word like. I know, and, and we are all guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. <laughs> but Benny just, everything is a like to him. Like something like this, like you're going to take the baby like away? Like is this Maybe Leandro? he picked it up. He picked it up from her. Maybe. Probably. But I feel yeah. like he probably talked like that. I mean, when he learned English, it was probably influenced by whoever that he was with. Yeah. And- Maybe By an American. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. it was probably his he ex-wife. say it a fucking lot. <laughs> yeah. Every time during his scenes, I would be like, oh my God, this is a drinking game opportunity right here. <laughs> like every time there's a like drink up, not necessarily alcohol. I'm just saying like, you know, just do something. I feel. <laughs> Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Long, where can we find you? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at lon, L-A-N, underscore, like, underscore, lon, L-A-W-N, or at italics, I-I-T-A-L-I-X. I'm also on Facebook, italics plays, I-I-T-A-L-I-X, P-L-A-Y-S. I live stream every Friday and Saturday uh, playing video games starting between 9 and 10 p.m. Pacific, and we stay up all night. I'm guessing uh, you're available on Instagram and Facebook when they're up, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Except for when Facebook gets whistleblown. Oh, damn. Dude, what is that about? I'm sorry. I have to ask this because I saw something about is some chick called Frances Hugen or something that whistleblow. Something about Facebook is more concerned about it was the one inciting the violence. Like they played up the January 6th Right. Right. So let's uh, let me take it back. So in the bigger scope of things, it shouldn't be a surprise. I didn't think it was new news because some of the things here are just things that were brought to light during the Cambridge Analytica stuff Mm. and that Facebook has the power with their algorithm and with the data that they have on us 
to influence world events by showing us articles that not only reinforce our beliefs, but also to sway us a certain way if we don't feel a certain way about certain things. So in this case, the whistleblower, she was working at Facebook for two years. I think the civics something committee, civics oversight or civics something to kind of fix this problem where Facebook, they have the power to spread misinformation and hate speech because the algorithm will reinforce it and bring this kind of news articles or clickbait or whatever have you to the people that want to see it rather than doing what's right or doing what's good. So I I don't know all the details, but the thing is the way Facebook sees it, it's more profitable for them to do this to give us these articles, whether or not they're true or whether or not it's spreading misinformation, they're more concerned about, well, is it making us money? Then fucking do it. Rather than, are we siding with morality here? What's the right thing to do here? And I guess there's lots of documentation about it where it's, it's clearly outlined that their plan or whatever, that, hey, this is what's going to make us more money, so do it. And fuck it if it's misinformation. Fuck it if it's hate, if it's like leaning towards hate speech or whatever. Like if this is what's going to make us money, then do it. So, and that's it in a nutshell. Again, I don't know the specific details, but if y'all were already into the Cambridge Analytica stuff, you know the power that Facebook has as an informational source and the power that they have in terms of, of swaying public opinion, right? So take that, arm it with, today's current events and today's climate with someone who was hired to change all that. And then Facebook didn't make any changes. Now she's like, okay, fuck you guys. Then (laughs) she appeared in 60 minutes. Her name is right. uh, And I got to watch that. I got to try to find that and watch it. And just to add on to what you said, they are also responsible for the ethnic cleansing that's happening Mm. in Myanmar. Myanmar. And this is why, it's so highly suspect when Facebook comes to a third world country and say, we'll give you free internet access. We'll help you with free internet access. And then anyone with a smartphone has to have a Facebook. And that's where, again, they use that same algorithm, the same tactic of like, let's flash them all these articles about all these other people in the community that don't deserve to be there. And that's when the Rohingya people of Burma were being ethnically cleansed. That's Facebook for you, mm-hmm. which again, Facebook is a very dangerous tool. And I think this whistleblower just confirmed that. Right. It's all about the bottom dollar with Facebook. Switching gears to what do we recommend watching line <laughs> aside from Squid Games, which is what everyone's watching and apparently people are blaming Squid Games for the outage recently, which I don't know how that's <laughs> related, but what else are we watching on that you like our listeners to also watch? If you're looking for a different take on horror during spooky season, highly, Halloween. highly recommend Midnight Mass from the creator of Haunting, uh, Haunting of Hill House and yes. Haunting of Bly Manor. Yep. Um, if you love that series, I think you'll love Midnight Mass. Very, very interesting show. I don't want to give away too much of it, though. That's the thing. That's I want to talk about it, 
but it's hard to talk about it without giving away certain plot elements that yeah. might ruin it for people. If you haven't seen it yet, try not to read anything about it. Go into it blind. Go into it blind with an open mind. Yes. Spoiler-free. Try to be patient too because yes. it might be a slow burn for some of you guys who's discovering Midnight Mass, but trust in the Flanagan. Trust in Trust Mike. in the Flanagan, yeah. <laughs> trust in Mike Flanagan. The writing is powerful. It is very insightful, very well acted. Very well, well acted. acted. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you're uh, a fan of that guy from Friday Night Lights, the QB who replaced the injured guy, this is a role that he's in, one of the main protagonists. Yeah. Is that Riley's role? Riley. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so Riley's being played by Zach Guilford. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I too recommend this show on Netflix. I love shows that explore theology, religion, but like I say, watch it with an open mind. Stay till the end for sure. For sure. Because it is a very satisfying ending, I think, kind of, maybe. Yeah. And then talk about it with your friends. I think it's one of those where when it finishes, it's even better when you talk about it because talking about it reveals all these different perspectives and brings up all these different debates, even some controversial ones that are worth talking about. It's one of those where you can walk away with it. It stays with you. And the more you talk about it, the deeper of an appreciation you get for it. So yeah, yeah definitely worth watching during Halloween season. I highly suggest it. What do you give it on a scale of one to five stars? Ooh, five stars. Even five and a half. No, six. No, seven. <laughs> yeah, same. Tip the scale, man. <laughs> I think I told you this, Lon, just now. It's been a long time since I watch a show with great writing and a show where I'm so taken into, like I, I'm so immersed into that there's almost this inertia of not wanting to continue with the episode because you're like, I really want to know what happens, but I'm not comfortable finding out. And it, that's <laughs> when you know that it grips you, you know, right. the horror grips you uh, or the suspense, I guess. So if any one of you uh, listeners, you know, watched it or will be watching it. And if you want to talk about it with us, email us at 90dayfiancewtf at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram if it's not down or <laughs> tweet it to us. Twitter wasn't down. So we're always on Twitter. I know Lon always tweets really fire stuff there. So yeah, tweet us what you think about Midnight Mass. We'd love to talk about it with y'all. We really would. We'd talk about it now, but we just don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But definitely after tonight's episode, it's a free for all. Feel free to message us about it. We'd love to know what you think. Right. And I was told that if you guys like Squid Games, apparently Alice in Borderlands is just as good, right, Lon? Have you You're seen shaking that? Shaking your head. I am midway through it's it. It's good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Till next time, be kind to one another. And thank you for listening. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.